they're actually doing a lot of work on the .NET team in thinking about how .NET in containers executes. You know, the whole thing with .NET okay. Core was we want cross-platform, we want lightweight, we want cloud first. And as they've been building different versions of .NET, that's another piece they actually look at and say, how is .NET run in a container? Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Development Best Practices Podcast, brought to you by ILM Professional Services. I am your podcast host, Jason Erdahl. And on today's episode, I am pleased to welcome back Matt Milner, Pluralsight author, speaker, and consultant. Matt and I conclude our series on .NET and containers with part three, getting started with containers and the future of .NET and containers. If you haven't listened to our first two episodes on Container Basics and Container Conflict, I would recommend you do so before listening to this one. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Matt. In general, what success stories have you had with your clients or other projects when using containers? Yeah, um, unfortunately, most of the clients I've been working with are um, not moving to containers yet. They're they're just moving Bravo. VMs to Azure so far, which is it's an interesting conversation. And what it comes down to is really, um, do you have system administrator resources that understand containers? Right. So it's all great for me as a developer to say, hey, this is you know containers are great and I can build this. Um, but if you don't have a system administrator or people that are used to managing virtual machines or full servers that understand that there's a lot of, uh, I think learning that has to go on outside of the dev organization uh, for people to get comfortable with that. Um, so I've used it in my, my projects primarily, uh, you know, using containers for my web applications and web APIs, uh, to be able to kind of build it into that CI CD pipeline, go out and, and run it in an Azure environment, usually, uh, either as an Azure web app or, uh, out, in the Azure uh, Container App Service, and that just helps me. It helps me again get that consistency. I'm not. I'm not trying to target VMs. I'm not trying to target uh, kind of a an environment that I'm not 100 sure is the same. And that's the main benefit that I think I get from it. Got it. Got it. So, what are some um, challenges or even limitations you've encountered using Docker and containers with .NET development? I don't know that there's any specific to .NET. I think that, um, and a lot of my challenges, you know, you alluded to this, were early on when there was a lot less tooling and a lot less kind of knowledge around how these worked. So you know, getting a Docker file right uh, for my .NET application to you know, get the ports right so I could actually access it once it was running, um, get the volume set up if I needed volumes. That used to be a lot harder, and I think it's gotten uh, way easier with the tooling. Um and then the other is is the hosting. So I think Docker on a desktop again has has gotten a lot more uh, usable with the with the Windows subsystem for Linux. You know, it's a lot more stable and and easier to use. But as we talked about this notion of uh, containers playing nice together, when you go deploy to say a Kubernetes, now you've got new concepts. So they have things called pods and services, and so there was a big learning curve there as well around, okay, I just have a web app and a web API. (laughs) How do I configure this thing so that they both spin up? I want to know what the addresses are for these things so I can access them. I need to know how to make the right configuration so the web app can talk to the web API. 
Um, so a lot of it to me is really that the hosting piece that gets a lot more complex. And that's, I just mentioned the Azure container apps. Uh, that's a service that Microsoft, uh, released. And I think that was a talk I did at the last MDC where they try and simplify that, right? They try and abstract it up a level and just say, tell us about your app, you know, give us the different, uh, container image and we'll host it. We'll deal with all the Kubernetes stuff for you. You can say that it needs to be able to talk to this other container that you're going to be hosting. We'll deal with all that for you. So again, I think the tooling over the last few years has really stepped up to make it a lot easier to get that stuff done. But to me, that's always been the the complexity when you go from one to two uh, and making sure everything keeps working. Got it. Got it. So there are folks out there listening to this podcast, furiously looking at the show notes, looking for resources, right? And by the way, we are going to put it up there. We'll put some good links to Docker Hub. We'll put some good links to to Matt's uh, Matt's uh, learning on LinkedIn and, and other places too. So, um, uh, but let's say there's this person. They're like, okay, great, I'm sold. Um, hook, line, and sinker. I'm in. Um, they want to use Docker today or at least use containers in some way, shape, or form, how would they go about starting to do that right now? Well, luckily, um, Docker has recently kind of changed their licensing model around, you know, if you're a business versus an individual. But if you're you're a developer and you want to try things out, there's still a a free version of Docker that you can use with all the core functionality. Um, So you can, you know, install it on your desktop, Windows or Mac, um, you know, or Linux. Uh, so it, you know, doesn't have to just be windows, but, um, so you can get started with that and, and, you know, start spinning up images. There's lots of sample images that you can use as well. So, you know, you can install Docker and run a command line, uh, to say, Hey, go run this sample ASP.NET application. Right. Right. And it'll pull it all down for you and spin it all up. So there's a, a good way to use it to really, uh, advance your learning not just about Docker, but to be able to set up environments. If you're going out and taking some training or you want to learn a new technology, it's a good way to, you know, spin up a container that you can use for all of that work. Uh, and again, not have to install lots of other software outside of Docker on your machine. Um, and the other, I, I really love the idea of code spaces. I would love to get, okay. get into an organization where I can, can really help them leverage that. Cause I think um, between the visual studio tooling and the code spaces back end, it really takes full advantage of that container model. Uh, so there are extensions in Visual Studio Code for, um, what do they call it? They call them the remote. Um, I think they changed it. I was going to look here in my, they have a remote development, I think is, a, is the name of it. And that's actually a package of additional extensions. So one is, hey, from Visual Studio, I want to connect to my, WSL instance, and I want to code as if I'm on that Linux. Uh, I can use SSH and connect to an SSH endpoint, you know, a server, and I can work in Visual Studio Code on my Windows machine as if I'm coding on that machine. And it just kind of goes from there where now I can connect to a container. So that might be running on Docker or it might be running somewhere else. And then you get to code spaces of, well, now I have a container in the cloud, but I can connect to it from Visual Studio Code on my desktop. And so I'm coding along and all I've got is Visual Studio Code, but I have the full power of whatever's been installed in that container in terms of the tools, the Visual Studio Code extensions, all that stuff. So I think it it really does provide a, an excellent model for certain businesses where you don't have to set up all the infrastructure. You don't have to have servers for everybody. You know, your work 
desktop doesn't have to have IS installed on it, maybe. Right, right, right. It's a right. little bit little bit outdated with all the lightweight tools we have now, but I can remember the days of, yeah, I'm a developer, but the uh, the company won't let me install or administer IIS on my desktop, and they want me to build a web application. So <laughs> right, right. That's not a not a current example. I hope for any anybody listening, but that's a, another well, way of enabling that. So, sorry for those of, of you in the audience that uh, work at banks. I apologize. Um, so <laughs> yeah. um, I may or may not live with a uh, someone who works at a bank, and it is amazing how little control they have, but you know, they've got regulatory things that I can't even imagine. Um, So I can, I can get that. Well, the time has come. It's the time of the podcast where we look forward and where I try to say prognostication. Ooh, hit it that time. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I want you to put on your prognostication hat, look forward, look at the future of Docker um, Docker and .NET, if you want, right? Include some .NET in there. How do you see it evolving in the coming years? Or is it pretty much this is just what it is and other tools will evolve around it? So what do you see happening in the future? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's one of those things where we look at a technology and and sometimes go, well, what what else could we do with it? Um, right. You know, I've worked with some technologies in the past where it's like, it's, it's kind of done. You know, we can add yeah. some things as the cloud emerges and as things change, we can add some features, but it, the kind of the core functionality does what we need it to do. And that's not changing. And I think that notion of the container model, um, you know, I think there'll be improvements in isolation for security. There'll be improvements in performance. You know, there'll be a lot of stuff kind of outside of the development piece to make it more secure and more robust and, and more scalable even, um, and I think the the tooling is where you'll see a lot of those changes. Like I said, over the last few years, you know, Visual Studio has continued to add support for containers to that point of, hey, it's a checkbox. Do you want to have this thing? You know, when you build, do you want to spit out a container image? Great. That's just a checkbox now, and you can do that. And then if you want to go tweak the file, so I think we'll see more of more of that. And the struggle I think uh, for somebody like a Microsoft is. You, you have to get to the point where you support as much as possible, but it still has to be opt-in. Uh, we've all seen that where, you know, some company, whether it's Microsoft or, or Google or somebody else, will come out and say, well, this is the new thing, and now you have to do it this way. Somebody's going to get upset, right? Somebody's going to say, well, no, we're, we're not ready for containers. I don't want my thing built as a container. I just want my web application and the files on the file system, so... I think the tooling will evolve, but it will continue to have to be opt-in for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Um, so, and then the other okay. piece, yep. just a, a final piece with the .NET that you asked about, is they're, they're actually doing a lot of work on the .NET team in thinking about how .NET in containers executes. So, you know, the hmm. whole thing with .NET okay. Core was we want cross-platform, we want lightweight, we want cloud-first. And as they've been building different versions of .NET, that's another piece they actually look at and say, how is .NET run in a container? How do we make .NET perform better inside of a container and play better in that world? So I think you know, you'll see that tooling and that work coming from both the container direction as well as the .NET teams. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I like it when uh, two technologies I like, or rather two companies play well together. That's a, that's always yep. a happy day for me. <laughs> Yay, integration, it works out well. Um, so um, so tell me, what did we miss 
uh, we 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 did a we did a run through of uh, containers, somewhat about .NET. Um, is there anything any topic that we didn't touch on that we should have? No, I think like I said, there's a lot of the a lot of the complexity comes into the hosting, uh, and so yeah. that intimidation factor. I think you know, I would encourage people not to be too intimidated by the idea of just a container. And, you know, building your app and building a container image and being able to run that. Um, once you feel comfortable with that and you feel pretty good, then there'll be some additional learning around how to host it. Uh, you know, if you want to actually go put that into, you know, test and production. But as I said, the tooling's getting so much better that you don't have to get into the kind of the gnarly guts of, uh, you know, command lines necessarily and config files and YAML and things unless you like that. Um, so it is getting a lot better and a lot easier to, um, to spin those up. For example, I can go out, Azure has a Azure container instances. So I publish my container image to the registry and then I go, Hey, I want an instance pointed at that registry. And it says, great. I'm now running a web app, you know, kind of a spot instance and shut me down anytime. And it's just a, just like running it on Docker, you know, I can spin that up. Um, so there are kind of levels as you go to taking that, that container image and kind of moving it to a more robust environment. Cool. 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 Excellent. Well, what a great podcast. Thank you, Matt. Um, Thank you. I appreciate I can't being wait, here. I can't wait to get you back. Um, uh, a little foreshadowing for the audience. Matt and I have been talking or <laughs> Matt would love to do a podcast on technological changes and how we, how, how technology changes, how we adapt to that, the culture around it, et cetera. I also love that too. Um, so, so watch your feed for that coming in the future. Uh, hopefully not too distant future. Uh, want to get, want to get Matt on the podcast again. So, all right, great. Uh, thank you, Matt, very much. I appreciate your time today. So, yeah, thanks, and, have a, been a pleasure. Have an, and have an excellent day. Take care. Thanks. You too. Many thanks to Matt for this third and final installation on our series on .NET and containers. If you want to hear more from Matt, please check the show notes for links to more great Matt Milner content. The Development Best Practices podcast is brought to you by ILM Professional Services. Do you have a .NET application that could benefit from containerization? Or maybe you already have containers in place and need to figure out how to optimize them. In either case, ILM can help. Please visit ilmservice.com today to find out how. If you have any feedback on this episode or have a topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at podcast at ilmservice.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day. <laughs>